Thanks for joining me for episode 440 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the groovy creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free, free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that for free. <laughs> at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio where you will also find a link to February 2020's Patron of the Month, Jamie Gold. Yay! And yes, I am recording this at 6 p.m. on February 29th on a leap year at the 11th hour sliding in at the very last minute of February because February was a very wonky month. I have been, I want to say I've been out for a couple of weeks, but really I was out for a week in which I could not read, write, or talk. The three things I do best. (laughs) That was a weird sound, and I'm still coughing. It's been a couple of weeks because first there was a week of the kid and I both really being out of commission with some kind of knockdown, drag-out flu, and then this last week has just been a lot of coughing. And when I talk, I cough. I feel a lot better. The kid feels a lot better. He's been back in his program but I don't sound that great, and sometimes coughing happens. So this just might be a cut-and-paste kind of situation, and we're just going to make it happen because the second part of that because is I am committed to doing the Patron of the Month episode every month because I'm so proud of and madly in love with the Hippie Witch community over on Patreon. I just appreciate those people so much for supporting the show. That's why I shout them out here all the time. I like to brag about the awesomeness that has gathered over there. There is a community of people that are so mutually supportive of each other and so open with their dreams. Like, we're all there to create the kick-ass life of our dreams. That's what that community is all about. And there are people there doing amazing things. And it's fun to drag them on the show and and show off the community a little bit and shine a spotlight on people who I think deserve it. And Jamie Gold is certainly one of those people. I'm definitely going to shout out new patrons We had a a big, nice, new little boost of people join us over there because we're going to be working our way through Christopher Pinzak's The Inner Temple of Witchcraft. And so where is that? Let's see. Let's do that now. Let Let us thank the new patrons, the new people that are joining us over there. Thank you so much. Jamie Pittsford, Aaron Reilly, Kay Kingsley, Miranda Ray Adder, Charlotte Nets. Hey, Charlotte. Elizabeth. Just Elizabeth. 
Vivian Spiral, that's very cool. KB, Savannah, Laura Labuda, Sydney Fox, and Selena Bourgeois. Thank you so much for helping the kid and I keep the lights on. I appreciate the support. I hope that you're enjoying all the content over there. Feel free to dig back through as far as you like into the archives. It goes back a few years now, so there's a lot to dig into. And I also just a note I wanted to make here for those of you who are interested in the dream team. There are no spaces available right now. However, every once in a while, a space does open up. So I am starting a waiting list. If you email me at joannadevoe at gmail.com, just a little email that says, yes, put me on the waiting list for the dream team. I will do that. And the dream team is you get all the content that I create over on Patreon. And then in addition to that, there's a team of us right now. There's 13. It's very coven like very witchy. I'm not hating the number 13. There's 13 of us. And we all are each individually focused on creating the kick-ass life of our dreams. We have a dream that we're working toward. And so once a month, you get a coaching call with me to focus on that dream. And then in the middle of the month, there's an hour and 45-minute-ish long video conference, a mastermind where we all show up and take turns talking about what we're working on that month so we can get feedback from the rest of the group or just support, just a go you, hell yeah kind of thing. You can, you can get feedback if you want it or you can just be heard. So if that interests you, again, email me and let me know and I will put you on the waiting list, which is not a commitment on your part. It's just so I know you're interested and then I will send you an email letting you know, hey, a space has just become available. Would you like it? Would you like it? So there is that. And then in February, the rest of us, the tribe tier, the brave tier, we were talking about the first four chapters of the Inner Temple of Witchcraft and getting, you know, preparing because we're going to do this year together, this year and a day of kind of a self-initiation process as a witch, just a commitment, a spiritual commitment to study magic for a year. I think it's a great book to do that because it's very foundational. So next month we will be working on the first lesson there, which is all about the mind. And what is the mind? How big is the mind? Is the mind just up in your head or is it more than that? The subconscious mind, the conscious mind. How do you get those two things working together? That's what we're going to be talking about in March. But in February, these chapters kind of give you like an overview of like, these are all the different kinds of witchcraft that exist. And then it goes through a history of how we got here. And that's a really interesting part of the book because nobody agrees about how we got here. And a lot of the history that was presented of the old religion has since been debunked. That used to be like what your standard Wicca 101 books would present as history, like this history of this old matriarchal religion and this really legend mythology of communities that 
had witchcraft in a way that we would like them to have witchcraft. But that was really all debunked. And much of what we know of people who were witches comes from the people who persecuted them. So basically our history is a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) And people tend to argue about it. Something that I consider when I think about like, well, why did that happen? Why for decades... Why for decades in all of of the books, all the Wiccan books and the witchcraft books, was there this story about this history that we didn't even have? I'm such a why person. I like to know why. And I think it's because we are people who, it's a very romantic notion for sure, this story of the old religion. And I'm not saying it did not exist in terms of like folk magic being handed down from generation to generation to generation. But I'm talking about these utopian matriarchal societies in which witches were upheld as elders in the community. Like there was a lot of fantasy around it that was presented as fact. And I think that's because mythology is a fact to some degree. It's like reaching into the heart and soul of who we are, of who we know ourselves to be, and bringing it out in a fictionalized way. But sometimes the fictionalized version of things can speak to a deeper truth than the cold, hard facts. And let's face it, history is written by the victors, so the cold, hard facts are not really that anyway. (laughs) But I was thinking so much about this today Because the interview that I did with Jamie that you're going to be hearing here in a minute, we kept coming back to this idea of community. It was just a theme that kept coming back. So I thought, well, I will record an intro based on community, talking about community. And when I was sitting in the movie with my son today, we went to go see The Call of the Wild. I did not want to see The Call of the Wild. I read it, I think, in eighth grade, Jack London's book. It was fine. I remember liking it when I was a kid, but I just wasn't in the mood (laughs) to see a CGI dog. And I don't know. I went because it was the kid movie that was happening this weekend. And so that's what the kid and I went to go see. And I ended up loving it. It was a very emotional experience. I was surprised by that, by how many times like my emotions welled up. And I kept thinking about, there's a conversation that's popped up over on Discord, which is, it's where patrons of the hippie witch community gather to chit chat. It's like a chatting app that we use to hang out and talk. And there's a channel there for the inner temple And I'm not really sure how it happened that someone decided to start reading Women Who Run With the Wolves alongside the Inner Temple of Witchcraft. So a conversation about Women Who Run With the Wolves came up, as that book often does come up in conversation with witches. There's some, and I'm 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 actually getting to a point here. I know this is meandering in a big circle, but it will come full circle. I am confident I can bring it all the way around. But when I was watching The Call of the Wild, I was like, oh my God, this is like the first women who run with the wolves, except it's about a man and a dog. And both the book Women Who Run With the Wolves and the movie and the book, the Jack London book, I think it calls to why some of us call ourselves witches and why we're in pursuit of a community that doesn't laugh at us for that. 
and that understands where we're coming from. And a group of people that are on the path to rewild themselves spiritually, to get back in touch with their wildish nature, as Clarissa Pinkola Estes likes to say, or people who hear the call of the wild. I think that's what that history, that fake history that we we just wanted to claim and fight for like the debunkers had to you know claw it out of our hands we did not want it to not be true because it was so beautiful it was inspiring and I think it's because we feel that we've lost something that we've been domesticated to the point where We've been denatured and we're out of touch with our true nature, our soul nature. So I think a lot of people gravitate toward things like witchcraft or a book like Women Who Run With The Wolves or both because they have this call, you know? So maybe this this history that Wicca was built on was kind of BS, but it's kind of (laughs) not. That's another beautiful thing about Women Who Run With The Wolves is it's a book that teaches you the power of legend and mythology and story and how healing they can be in terms of reclaiming who you feel yourself to be truly. And for me, I'm not interested in recreating or following someone else's tradition and having rules. I'm not about to like trade the rules of the religion I grew up in for another religion. What I love is something that sounds so counterintuitive, but it's this community of people that have gathered around eclecticism and individuality, like we're all in search of our own wild freedom and defining our own path and getting into alignment with the dreams of our hearts. And that's something that is so special and so rare to find a sense of community in people who are not like you exactly, but respect where you're coming from and can root for you from their own centered place. And I am so proud to be a part of a community like that. And I'm not just talking about the people over on Patreon. I'm talking about you all, the people that listen to the show, the people that write to me, like so many of you have dreams that are so important to you. And then you share them with me and I get to root for you. And it makes me so excited and proud. I was thinking a lot this past Weak, especially because I was sick. Like when you get taken out, (laughs) when you get taken out of commission in a really dramatic way and you finally, your life starts coming back to you and you start getting your energy back, it really allows you a unique perspective on your life and puts things in perspective in a way to where you can appreciate something maybe that you're taking for granted or you can look at it through a new lens of like, oh, this is why I need this or this is why I do this. And I was thinking about culture, like the culture that I personally want to create around me for myself and for the people that I connect with and feel in a sense of community with, whether it's somebody listening to the podcast or it's a friend of mine or it's someone that I just engage lightly with on social media. 
I want a culture of mutual respect and support, and I want to represent something very specific. I think that I just have come to organically represent this, at least for my own self and for people that I'm close to, but I have this sense of intention behind it now, and that is I want to stand for magic. I want to stand for possibility. I want to stand for the beauty of believing in a dream that is so outlandish that other people might think that it's silly. I want a culture that doesn't laugh at a dream like that. I want a culture that says magic is real. And we only get a culture like that when we decide to be that culture, when we decide to have a community of people that are mutually supportive of one another's dreams. And I sometimes in the past, especially have made fun of myself for being this kind of like Pollyanna Joanna character, but I just want to put out positivity. It's not even cool to say that. Like people just, they just cringe when you say it. <laughs> but but why not? Why not be a person that when someone interacts with you, they feel better about their lives and themselves instead of worse? I do understand that life can be hard and life can be scary. I'm not saying don't feel your feelings. I'm not saying put a happy face sticker on it. Because we all express ourselves in different ways and every emotion is valid. But at the same time, I'm not going to be a person that commiserates with you. I'm not going to be a person that props you up as a martyr. I just don't want to do that for people. I think you can go out on social media or the coffee, the coffee room, the, what am I trying to say? The uh, <laughs> break room. <laughs> it's been a while since I've worked in an actual office. As you can see, <laughs> you can, you know, gather with your coworkers and you can commiserate about how things suck and how victimized you are by the world. And that can go on and on and on. And you can keep reflecting that back and forth for each other times infinity to where it's all you see anymore. It's what you think you are and you become the martyr and you become the victim. I want to stand for the hero in you. I want to stand for the witch in you, the queen, the goddess, the king. I want to stand for the possibility. I want to reflect back at you the best in you, the part of you that is strong, the part of you who knows what you're capable of, even if you're afraid of it, even if nobody else is supported, that part of you like deep down inside that is like, you know, if I weren't afraid or if this XYZ wasn't in my way, I could make that happen. I would love to make that happen. I want to be the voice that's like, you can make it happen. You can find a way. <laughs> you can find a way. There's a, um Anne Lamott Quotes account on Twitter. She's very much still with us and alive. If, if you don't know, Anne Lamott is an author. She's a she's an author's author. She wrote the book Bird by Bird. She's a very funny, spiritual, observant, 
memoirist. I don't know. How would you describe Anne Lamott? She's she's funny. She's got like a kind of a dark but hopeful sense of humor. And there's this one quote that made me laugh because it's really making fun of people like me. <laughs> and what's funnier than laughing at yourself? She says, maybe your mind is lovely and pastoral and you do not suffer from paranoia, hypochondria, a bad attitude and delusions of victimized grandeur. That's very nice, but we don't want you in our cave after the bombs fall because you are going to annoy us to death. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, she she's a person who inspires a lot of hope in people, so I don't think she entirely believes that because sometimes she is the person annoying you all to death with a you can do it. And it's real popular. It's cool to pick on the Pollyanna Joannas of the world, but isn't it nice, too, to have a community of people that are like, I see you. I see what you're capable of. I'm, I'm going to hold that vision for you, even when you can't hold it for yourself. It's amazing to me how many calls I've had in my coaching career in which people will spend a large majority of the time arguing for why they can't do something that they want to do. And I can be very annoying in those situations because I just sort of take the side of the part of them that signed up for the the coaching calls to begin with, the part of them that had the dream and was like, I want to make this happen. It's easy to lose that. Like we need support. We need people that will hold that dream for us when we're having a shaky day. When when life, you know, hands you lemons, you might not be in the mood to make some lemonade. So it's nice to have a friend nearby that's like, oh, you know what? Let me take those lemons for you. <laughs> we'll keep them on the fridge and we'll make some lemonade later. You be sad right now, but let's not let's not throw this out. We're going to make something amazing with this because I know what you're capable of and I'm going to hold that vision for you. And so that's the kind of community and the kind of culture that I personally I'm interested in creating. And when I see a movie like Call of the Wild, which, by the way, actually speaks to community to some degree, too, which is interesting. I don't want to ruin it for you if you've never read Jack London's Call of the Wild or if you have. This is very different. They wrote a screenplay based on that book, which came out in 1903 and is still resonant now in 2020. And uh, I, I just love, I love that here we are. Here we are calling ourselves witches in, in the year 2020 and in this pursuit of magic and full grown adults with kids and careers and responsibility and bills and taxes. And we're like, but I have a dream. I have this dream in my heart, and I love us. I love us for that. We're the best. We're so cute. We're so fun. (laughs) Yeah, so that is what I wanted to say. That is what I wanted to say for this intro here, and and now I'm just going to turn it over to the very inspiring, lovely creatrix of the key tarot, Jamie Gold. Jamie Gold, Jamie Gold, welcome to Hippie Witch, Jamie Gold. <laughs> Thank you. It's so great to be here. I'm happy to get to talk to you again. You are one of the original Dream Team members, and I haven't talked to you in a couple of months. So this is a purely selfish call for me to catch up on the happenings of Jamie Gold. 
<laughs> the dream team was so wonderful. It was so great to be a part of that and meet all of the girls that were a part of that at the time. A couple uh, of men come through too. I'm very happy oh, to say. Good. Yeah. yeah everyone was so supportive. Such a great group. I think you were a big part of that. You just have this natural leadership quality that I would love to talk to you about, actually. You kind of take the rain. Like, in a group, you are not shy to chime in. Like, you actually got the concept, oh, a mastermind is where we all mastermind together, and my voice is an important contribution to that. That's the impression that you gave me. Thank you for saying that. I actually don't feel like myself, like, as a person that's... I feel like I'm a shy person that doesn't do that. So to hear the opposite is really quite interesting. And I guess we all have our kind of a view of ourselves versus how other people perceive us. So it's kind of nice to hear that. But you do have a ton to say. And you're, you have taken on a leadership role in your community in Chicago as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are doing a lot of different things I like to get people involved, get people to get part of the community. I like to know what other people are thinking and doing, and it helps everyone else feel not alone. And we can just all encourage each other, help each other heal and get motivated. So it really helps to meet with other people and get together and just do fun stuff, creative things, have some spiritual discussions. Can you define the community? Because you, well, you said a we, and then you said the community. Can we define that a little bit for people? It just, I'm referring to community as where, whatever your city is. I was doing events for quite some time, but I am moving out of state. So that's a big change for me. So the we would be more so just people involved in the spiritual community in my city, which is Chicago. There's a lot of different meetup groups, and I was part of involving people in some creative spiritual meetup groups. There's a lot of great meetup groups that are forming as well right now. I had to leave mine, unfortunately, but it was really fun at the time. And that's because you're really involved in this project, the Key Tarot. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's really what you're here to talk about is the Key Tarot, which we're talking right now to a bunch of tarot lovers. So can you tell us what this is all about? Yeah, so the key tarot, we decided to go with a very unique approach of photography-based cards. And I know there are some out there. We are trying to make it kind of timeless, not really focused on too much of a niche where some of these get a little trendy and that's fun and so great to see all these different tarot decks out there. And we're trying to really keep it based on the archetypes from tarot. We based a lot of them on rider weight. So Anyone from a beginner to advanced can use it and really recognize those deeper symbols that are involved with connecting with tarot and your intuition, kind of like this communication between you and the deck versus kind of something a little more funky or trendy. And yeah, so we're trying to bring it forward to like access the modern day spiritual people out there. And it's photographs. Yes. That are basically Rider Waite Smith based, based on that artwork, but then brought to life with photos. 
Mm-hmm. And I use a combination of photography and Photoshop and referencing a lot of my painting techniques that I've learned throughout the years as well, changing the photos in that way with mm. color and literally sometimes painting in things into the photo. So yeah, it's combining a lot of different techniques. It creates a really interesting feel. It feels realistic, but heightened, like a little bit surreal when you're Mm -hmm. adding those elements in. And then because of the color palette, which I've already talked about here, back when I did the episode on women rocking Hollywood, I was talking about your deck because I had seen Mm -hmm. some of it and it was taking on this tint, a certain color palette that I respond to really strongly. Yeah, definitely wanted to differentiate between our everyday reality and kind of how we see things here and now and kind of push that further into a different space so that when you see the card, it's relatable where these people that you're seeing might look like us and you can definitely identify with them, but they're in a realm that's a little bit magical, a little bit mysterious. It's drawing you into another place that's not reality. So kind of trying to bring people out of their ordinary or mundane, as we like to use that term from mundane to magic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that line when the line is very thin because it makes magic feel more possible. You know, I like that cinematic quality also because it has, there is something magical about it when you have that really consistent blue green color palette going on throughout the deck it feels like its own world but because it's photography it's relatable you're like but I could live in that world also Mm -hmm. yeah I think a lot of that too is very influenced just by a lot of things that I was brought up with and love so things like Harry Potter and vampire movies like you're mentioning this fantasy realm often gets portrayed in this kind of dark foggy mystery I think that's kind of brought into play when I'm creating this. Mm -hmm. And you're in it. You are the magician. (laughs) Yes, that was sort of an accident, actually. We were using smoke bombs and they were kind of crazy to use and they're a little dangerous. So I didn't want anyone else to get hurt using one. And I was like, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to do this. I, I, I wasn't sure if I could be like the magician. It seemed like a little bit of a stretch for me at the time. And I was like, I just got to own this. <laughs> so it almost like was becoming the card as I was doing it, which was a really unique feeling for me where I was like, I got to really be in my confidence and like own this. And that's kind of a magician quality. So Yeah, it was very strange to like be aware of that while it was happening Mm -hmm. and then be like, that just kind of happened. So yeah, I think it's been a fun mixture of people choosing what cards they want to be. And then some people want to choose and some people are like, no, you just choose for me. And then I thought for sure, I was like, oh, I'm going to really study and research and choose what card I want to be because I'm making these. And I was like, it ended up being chosen for me, <laughs> which mm, is kind it's of per- interesting. It's perfect because you are the magician of the deck. You're, you're, an, art- <laughs> you're an artist. You are a, a multimedia artist and you're bringing that to this project. So it seems fitting to me that you would be the magician. Yeah, it ended up working out. It's pretty funny how that goes. And you're when you're saying people, you're talking about models, the people that yes. modeled for the for the photographs. 
How yes. many how many cards do you have left to do still? We're close to half. And then we have a bunch of photo shoots coming up. So yeah, we, we're just trying to schedule as many as we can. And we're going to try to get that completed by summer. So we have that due date. I, I like to have due dates because <laughs> I sometimes procrastinate. And this is kind of holding it over my head. Like you, you have to get this done. Mm-hmm. Did you guys open pre-orders yet? We did. We have our website up. It's at thekeytarot.com. And there are some fun things on there. There's a video that we made with Forward Motion Media, which was really cool. It was a really fun experience. There's some updates and photos and yeah. Oh, the video. I haven't seen it yet. I need to go check that out. It's the promotional video you guys made. Yeah. It ended up being like a huge production more than I thought. So it was really exciting to be a part of that and see, you know, all the things that go into making just a short video. It takes hours and hours of work to make such a small clip, but it was, it turned out really cool. So we're excited about that. It's funny that we started this conversation talking about community. And now that we're into talking about this tarot deck, the key tarot, it is a community project because you mm-hmm. worked you worked with someone else making that video that we're talking about. You want to give him a shout out? Yep. Casey Locke and his company was called Forward Motion Media. Nice. And now talk about a production, like every card is its own production with the model mm-hmm. and the photography and the outfits and trying to bring to life this symbolism in a classic way. Do you feel like at any point, did you have the feeling like, whoa, we've gotten in over our heads or this is much bigger than we thought? Or did you actually anticipate all this? A little bit of both. I think what was such an awesome surprise and I ended up writing a bit about that was that each time we get together to make a card, it does involve somebody else. So somebody else becomes involved. It's like you're forming like this group of people that are now just part of this big project. And if I were to draw these cards, that wouldn't have happened. So now everyone kind of has this set interest in the deck happening, whether they're into terror or not, they're like, Oh, it's part of something. And it gets people involved and excited and helps them out too, because, you know, gives them a little bit of confidence in getting pictures taken and feeling like they're part of something too. So we're all kind of glowing after each, each time it happens. Yeah. I love that. And being in Chicago, I feel like you probably have a diverse collection of models because Chicago is a diverse place. Have you been able to tap into different like men and women too. I'm really interested in like the gender roles and how those Mm -hmm. are being represented. Have you guys tried to step outside the box or be very traditional with it? I guess the big gender switch was me as the magician because it it is a masculine card typically. But yeah, we aren't focused on necessarily making sure that we are sticking with genders. If there is a a card that is masculine in the rider weight, to us, it doesn't matter as much as portraying the archetype just because of how fluid gender has become, maybe. Also, yeah, the diversity is important to us. It, it does seem that when you go out and you reach out into a community, you kind of attract similar people to you. So I'm trying to not let that happen too much. I'm like, otherwise, it's just a bunch of 
versions of me and my <laughs> partner you know, similar versions of us, just young women. So we tend to like attract that to our community, but we are trying to reach out to everybody. So it can be a deck that belongs to everybody too. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully everybody can see themselves in at least one of the cards. Exactly. Yes. So who's your partner in this project? My business partner is Scarlett Ravenwood and she runs a company called arcane alchemy which she does tarot readings and she's an instructor as well and she is the tarot expert and i'm definitely learning a lot from her and doing my own readings as well so she has been a huge mentor in tarot for me as well as many other people in the area cool so she has sort of the knowledge of what goes into making a tarot deck and then you're bringing it to life with your artistry yeah exactly and I I think that I'm in tune with a lot of metaphor symbol and art combined so I love that aspect of any storytelling when you look at a piece of art or you read a book or you watch a movie I love to like just break it down and think of all the meaning behind it so I love bringing that and projecting that through tarot. And she has the, just the vast knowledge of, and history. She's an art history major too. So she, she just has like this encyclopedia of knowledge on, on the topic. Is there going to be a, a book or a guide that goes with the deck? Yes. Each card will be, have a little description as well as maybe we'll include some spreads and how to, like a quick how to. I'm, I've also been starting to write on the website. So we can probably add to that as well and like have some fun things in the future. So Scarlett is writing the descriptions for the cards. Yeah. We have a lot of help from many people putting in their time and effort into this deck. So we will be definitely crediting everyone in the booklet and she's doing a lot of work with writing and marketing as well as she does YouTube videos too. So Nice. So it just keeps coming back to community. I love that. That actually (laughs) was not my intention, but that's just sort of how we keep circling back, which is cool. Yeah, I love that. Sometimes like there is like a word that kind of just keeps popping up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now I know what the what the intro part of this podcast will be. Like, let's talk about community. (laughs) It's so important. Like every time I get dive into any project with anybody, like I'm a graphic designer or have been for a while. And whenever I talk to a client, I'm like, you really need to connect to the people that you're marketing towards. And that is community in a different aspect, but like getting people involved in something, uh, you really need to learn who these people are and really love it. Because if you don't love what you're doing and who you're with, it's going to be tough to really be a part of that community. You're not going to really want to be part of it. So yeah, we love who we are attracting and yeah, just everyone around. It's, it's awesome. It's going to be so great when it's published too, because then you're going to see that community broaden and, mm-hmm. you know, the people that buy the deck to read with the deck, they become community members in their own way and get to add to that conversation. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have a hashtag that you're floating yet? We're just mostly keeping it simple. The key tarot. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. very simple. Yeah, we, we hope to like eventually like really get to like talk to other people who are eventually using it or wanting to share it. Sharing experiences with everyone around. It's been really fun for me. 
I really love connecting with people about experiences and what this card might mean for them for that day. That's kind of what keeps me going. (laughs) Yeah. I think tarot, it's interesting. I mean, I think when people think of tarot, they think of someone reading cards for another person. So there's that aspect of connecting with somebody, Mm. particularly in a spiritual sense, but it is also just a conversation starter. You can post on Twitter or Instagram or wherever, like, hey, this is the card I pulled today. And a dozen people will pop up with opinions about that, (laughs) about about what it means. And you get like these really rich layered conversations going over one image. Mm -hmm. That is so true. And I love that part about it. it. It brings another level to it. And honestly, without the community aspect of it and discussion, that's why I love doing art because it brings that to it. If if I'm just submitting art to Instagram over and over, I lose my motivation. I lose my passion. Um, What I really love is seeing interaction between people and like, oh, this reminds me of that. Or, you know, like, let's discuss it. Let's have a fun conversation. Yeah. And your whole thing with gold and fire, that's your company, is about expressing and accessing your spirituality through creativity. So it makes sense to me to hear you talk about you would lose your passion if there wasn't that interaction. Like you're Mm -hmm. looking, you're looking for the passion. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. We all need something that can really drive and motivate us in our work or whatever we are doing and whatever that might be for each person for me that is my spirituality and my connection to others so I always have to bring that into whatever I'm doing otherwise it'll fizzle out through creativity yes we I guess we have to also talk about the key what's up with the key the key oh yes we when we were discussing of what we wanted to call it we were there were a few options of like oh maybe something with time or uh, we were trying to like how do you describe what this is for someone and really what what we came down to is that it's really tapping into something and opening doors for people so we were like well here's the key. You have to find the door. <laughs> you got to open it and start exploring and the the key really makes you kind of intrigued to find that door for yourself because you have a bunch of doors inside of you that you can open up and explore and they're all fun but you know sometimes some of them are bright and exciting and happy (laughs) and rainbows and lollipops and whatever but other times behind the door is a little bit of darkness that we need to go through but either way we're trying to facilitate that kind of action of getting into it and getting to healing yourself or supporting yourself and really tapping into your own intuition and diving into your, basically your soul and empowering yourself or others. If you're, if you're doing readings for others, so you're using that key for others. So yeah, that was kind of like the metaphor we liked and it seems to be working for us. (laughs) And there's like a literal key. There is a literal key. I got a giant one made, which is which was kind of expensive. It was 50 bucks. But then we have the little pendants that we have made. Top is an Ouroboros, like infinite snake. And the pendants themselves right now are coming in the luxury packs. And hopefully we will get to a point where we can sell them individually. But they're, they're super... I'm so excited how they came out. They're like shiny gold toned. 
I believe they're actually brass. They're not, you know, 24 karat gold, but (laughs) they have that shiny gold quality and yeah, it's just really fun. I like want it to actually open things. Maybe, maybe that could come like down the road. <laughs> yeah, super luxury pack with the yeah. key that opens the box. <laughs> right, right. That would be awesome, but also very expensive. Yes, yes, yes. I think there is a luxurious quality about the... People can go check out the deck. I'm going to link so they can check out the pre-order page. And there, there will be the video and everything for them to check out. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. On the website, the video is available. Nice, nice. So I think it just already have a luxurious feel to it. Just the imagery feels luxurious to me. And the back of the cards, I remember when you first shared those, everybody was like, ooh, because they look luxurious. They're very beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're we're trying to have this sort of like quality where we're not too intense of trying to seem like pretentious at all. And then too funky so we're kind of trying to have this unique quality where we're in the middle of mystery and magic but also semi-serious but not too serious Mm, trying to (laughs) strike that perfect balance like modern classic yeah 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 I have one like fun frivolous question before I can let you go and then I always have to ask the special question at the end, but the fun frivolous question is, have you seen, I'm sure everybody's asking you this lock and key. Oh yes. I'm glad you asked that. That's so funny. I have, I was actually going to, I got really inspired to make a bunch of art from that, but of course, you know, time is a whole thing. Yeah. I think, I think that that, that was so cool. The timing with that, it really does relate back to the deck and it, has a very strange like resonance yeah it's like whoa <laughs> yeah I think well for people who don't know Lock and Key is a show on Netflix based on I think a graphic novel mm-hmm. I saw the graphic novel which looks very very different it looks more like typical graphic novel style that the actual Netflix show does have that mystery quality and dark and yeah so yeah it has that similar elements I was there for the house like the first couple episodes I was like I don't even care what's going on Mm -hmm. I just love this house and and then by the end I was screaming and yelling at them for being stupid (laughs) (laughs) the last couple episodes were driving me crazy like they made some very bad choices I think those characters but ultimately it's about keys and mm-hmm. and that's what you're doing. And there's one key in, in lock and key that reminds me of your tarot deck. And it's the head key mm. where they can like key into their own mind and then like literally walk through that, their mind yeah. with other people. And I thought, well, that's kind of what you guys are doing with your deck. Was that your favorite key? Yeah, that was. Yeah, I think that was my favorite, too, because I'm like, I just want to see in everyone's head. Yes, <laughs> it's yes. so cool. It's so fun. I think that's such an artist thing, too, where you're like, when you start painting on a canvas or you're sharing your artwork, like you're kind of getting a little snippet of what's in someone's head. So mm-hmm. that kind of reminds me of that. And yeah, definitely the deck where you're definitely traveling into your own head, but also into our minds as well. <laughs> it's kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. We're doing the Inner Temple of Witchcraft over on Patreon. And the next chapter is really about the mind. But what I love about Christopher Penzak's approach is like, 
what is the mind? Like the mind is not just your head, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's talking about like energy and all, you know, the mind, the mind, the mind is a very tricky thing to try to talk about and pin it down in a certain way. And again, that's why I love the key symbolism and the tarot because there's something mysterious about it. And it's kind of like every one of those 78 cards is a key and a door. Mm. You know, you're opening a door to another part of your mind. Yeah. And the action itself of flipping a card is kind of similar to like opening a door and you're not sure what's behind it until you open it and flip it. Ah, that's so exciting. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on and giving us a preview of what's to come because I know you're just halfway through now, but I will definitely link to the pre-order page and people can go check it out. But I cannot let you go until you answer my question. What is your one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? The question. question, (laughs) A big question. Um, Well, I can't say do these things because that would be hypocritical of what I'm about to say. So I'm going to say what helped me the most is trusting myself. And so trust yourself in your own intuition. There's going to be a lot of outside influences telling you different things. And you kind of have to make sure that you're sensing how you're reacting to each thing in each moment and being able to discern and make sure that you're creating your life for yourself and not someone else. So that's like a big element. And then adaptability, which is similar, but is being able to also sense your surroundings and your situations. And the universe is going to throw a ton of things at you all the time. And you're not necessarily able to control all of it. So being able to adjust yourself in all these different situations has really helped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That brings to mind adjust, <laughs> adjustment in the Thoth deck. There's a card called adjustment. And I think that has something to do with letting what is be your guide as well. Instead of fighting it, like adjusting to what is and then finding a way to make it work for you. And I, I see those two different things that I mentioned having like an inner quality and an outer quality. So it's like work on what you know for yourself and can control for yourself and your own intuition. And then also on the outside, like what you can't control, being able to kind of move around and adjust and be flexible and awesome. that will help. And then once again, it's at the keytarot.com. Yes. The key tarot, the key tarot, everybody check it out. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you, Joanna. This is awesome. So that is Jamie Gold. Have you noticed sometimes I really like to say certain people's first and last name together? Jamie Gold is one of those people. (laughs) And now it's firmly entrenched in your mind. Jamie Gold of the Key Tarot. I hope you'll go over to thekeytarot.com and check out the deck that she's working on. It's pretty cool looking. And I love that whole symbolism of the key. I also hope that something we said here today inspires you to either form your own community or connect with the hippie witch community over on Patreon or get involved in your local community. Like people who need people are the luckiest people. (laughs) Let yourself have that support. Like see it as a form of self care. Take care of yourself. Connect with people that will support you in being your best self and in making whatever 
however that special dream is in your heart happen. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.